Welcome to the Daily Dose, where we are currently walking through an overview of the entire Bible. Join us today as we learn the story of Scripture and see God's redemptive plan through Christ from cover to cover. Let's listen to Matt Reister, Director of Christian Crusaders and the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Today we're going to finish out John chapter 6. We're going to be in verses 60 through 70, and this finishes a long discourse that we've done devotions on in previous passage where Jesus taught people that he was the bread of life. Most recently, he taught them that he came down from heaven and that if they ate his flesh and drank his blood, they would abide in him. And he and them, of course, that's a metaphor for putting faith in him in the sacrifice of his blood body, which involved the spilling of his blood, but they took it literally, and they're kind of disturbed about that. We're going to see more of that in today's text. Let's jump into verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? Let's stop right there. One of the things that the people who are hearing his teaching are having trouble with is the fact that he says he came down from heaven. Remember a couple texts ago is like, wait a minute, isn't this Joseph's son? Didn't we see this kid grow up? What do you mean he came down from heaven? And Jesus, knowing their hearts and knowing what they are grumbling about, he says, does this offend you that I said this? And then he goes on to say something even more crazy, even more offensive. I've said this many times during our Daily Dose devotions that when we actually look in the Bible and read about who Jesus really was, what he really did, what he really said, he's not here primarily so that people will never be offended. He's not here to just make people comfortable and have high self-esteem, never be triggered. He's here to shake these people up. He's here to shake us up so that we'll come to terms with the fact that without him, we are lost. And the only way to be saved is through him. This is another perfect example of that. He continues on in verse 63. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So that verse is dovetailing off another thing that was offensive to his listeners. And that is the notion that they thought he literally meant they needed to eat his body and drink his blood. He says, no, 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 no. It's the spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. Not your flesh. In other words, Jewish leaders and disciples who are listening to me, Jesus says, not your ability to do good works, not your ability to follow God's law, not your ability to earn your way to heaven by the way that you live and your morals. That flesh is of no help. And I think he's also kind of referring back to what he said about eat my flesh and drink my blood. My literal physical flesh is of no help in the way that you thought that I meant it. Yes, of course, Jesus' flesh is of lots of help because it's going to go hang on the cross and pay the ultimate price for sin, and that needed to happen. But his flesh is of no help in the way that they wrongly think he meant his flesh to be understood, eaten. And it is the Spirit of God who gives life, the Spirit of God who causes us to put our faith in Christ. He continues in verse 64, But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who would betray him. Now this is just a little interesting sidebar for us. Jesus knows the hearts of people. We've said that before. Here's more evidence of it. He knew who believed and who didn't believe. He also knows future events because it says he knew who would betray him. Verse 65, And he said, This This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by the Father. This gets back to some of what we read in verses 37 through 39 that I didn't touch on a whole lot. It opens a whole can of worms and a bunch of theological debates. The long and the short of it is you can't deny the fact that the Spirit of God who gives life by opening people's eyes and hearts to receive Jesus Christ and believe in his name by faith, none of that happens unless God the Father grants it, unless he causes it 
to happen. This is heady and deep stuff. That's all I'm going to say about it. You can study it more on your own. Verse 66. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? By the way, based on how this is written, evidently there were people who were generally disciples of Jesus, people who were following him around, from whom the 12 disciples were a distinct group. And many of these other disciples weren't true followers of Christ. Maybe they were following him around because of the miracles, because he gave them free food, because he healed somebody they knew. But as soon as a hard teaching comes up, these people who are self-professed followers of Christ, they actually turn away because they can't believe all of what he's saying. I think there's actually a pretty significant element of that within Christendom today. People who call themselves Christians, but who, when push comes to shove, really don't have their faith and trust founded in Jesus Christ, really aren't committed to being his true disciples. And when the going gets tough, when Jesus says something that's too difficult or God's word says something that's too unpopular, they bail. You and I, friends, can't be those kind of fickle disciples. So Jesus sees these people leaving. He turns to the 12 and says, do you want to go away as well? Verse 68, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed in and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Now, this is Peter getting an A plus for the day. Peter couldn't be more correct. And here's what's amazing, friends. We can look back on Peter's statement through the lens of what we know about redemptive history, and we can assume that Peter at that point knew who Jesus was and what he was all about to the same degree that we do today. But I would suggest that despite Peter nailing that answer, he has no idea yet what he just said. He has no idea that Jesus is going to go to the cross and pay the penalty for sin. He has no idea that Jesus is going to rise again. He has no idea that salvation is going to be coming to anyone in the world for the rest of time who puts their faith and trust in Christ. Now, when first and second Peter are written, and when Peter goes out as one of the leaders of the early church and preaches the gospel, he'll understand that stuff. But at the point that he says this right here, he's barking up the right tree. He's headed in the right direction. He's getting really, really close, but he's not there yet. Nevertheless, what a great confession, and may it be our confession as well. Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Let's finish this out. Verse 70, Jesus answered them, did I not choose you, the 12, and yet one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, for he, one of the 12, was going to betray him. And here Jesus is just lamenting the fact that I've got all these fickle disciples who are walking away right now because my teaching is too difficult. And even among the 12 who he chose, even in the midst of Peter's great confession, there's still one who is a devil. There's still one who has or will turn away. One of the reasons we do these devotions and we stick real close to the Bible overview texts is because we believe that we need to preach the gospel to ourselves. We need to hear the gospel preached day in and day out. It's good for us to ruminate on and be challenged by God's word. And it's good to constantly evaluate. Are we a true disciple today? Are we a true disciple tomorrow? And what's that look like going forward? Come back for more from John 7. Thanks for tuning in and have a great day. This is The Daily Dose, a podcast of Christian Crusaders Radio and Internet Ministry. Please subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify podcasts or download the free Christian Crusaders app and share with a friend. Also, prayerfully consider supporting our ministry at christiancrusaders.org where you can find our weekly 30-minute radio broadcast airing on around the world since 1936 and where you can listen to our conversations podcast featuring inspiring interviews with interesting Christians. Special thanks to our 2022 Daily Dose sponsor, The Family Leader. God designed three social institutions, the family, the church, and government. At The Family Leader, they are bringing all three together, honoring God and blessing our neighbors. Learn how and join them at thefamilyleader.org.
www.cedarfallsbible.com. We also want to highlight another special ministry partner, the Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Check out conference videos and schedule of events online at cedarfallsbibleconference.com and mark your calendars for Saturday, July 29th through Saturday, August 5th, 2023 for the 102nd annual Cedar Falls Bible Conference. Thank you for listening and may God richly bless you.